Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. With me right now, a fellow Central Floridian, Carrie Heaps. <laughs> you are the founder of Book, Speak, Repeat. You're found on the web at bookspeakrepeat.com. Carrie, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Josh. I'm excited to be here today. <laughs> it's so funny. We're a couple of Floridians. It's like the low 50s, and we're like, how are you yeah. staying warm? <laughs> Anybody in the North would be like, oh, shut up, you guys. <laughs> So, yeah. So give us give us an overview of the work that you do with Book, Speak, Repeat. Sure. So I'm a speaker myself. I have had my business for June will be uh, 17 years, actually. I started wow. in 2005. Yeah, a long time. Of course, as you know, Josh, starting your own business, it's never a straight line. Um, you know, I started out to I, I modeled when I was very young and I started out uh, doing some modeling and acting gigs. And I thought when I started my business, that's what I wanted to do was work with pageant contestants, models, actors, you know, helping them with their stage presence, getting out there building up their confidence, but it didn't turn out that way. Um, I started actually as a meeting planner, hosting events and getting butts and seats and hiring uh, the talent and selling out exhibitor space. And then that kind of transpired into helping people with their marketing. Um, I kind of fell into speaking myself and uh, many years ago and recently got back into it about six years ago. And uh, I was like, you know, I really miss speaking and I really want to get back out there and share my message. And as you know, it's changed so much over the years, but my first gut reaction was like, you've got to be kidding me. This is insane. Um, you know, so I, I'm a process gal. And once I kind of figured out that process of how to get booked and six months later, I'm figuring out that routine and it's working. I'm like, you know what? I don't scare easy, but this process made me take a step back. And yeah. uh, I knew it was a pain point for other speakers and people who wanted to get in the industry. So that's where Book Speak Repeat was born. Yeah. And uh, I am passionate about helping you know people get their message out there and get on stage. Yeah. Well, Carrie, so obviously I'm very interested uh, to get your perspective and please take all the time you want to kind of give us a lay of the land of what the speaking industry is like today. So uh, I suspect that there's, you know, maybe a lot of folks like me, you know, I've, I've spoken at a lot of professional conferences. I've done a lot of corporate speaking historically, you know, I, I, I really just started developing my own platform a few years ago. And, and so I kind of had started fading away from it. And then of course COVID hit and I'm like, well, I, you know, thankfully, you know, I didn't have all my eggs in the speaker basket. Like, you know, maybe I, I relied upon in years past, but now I'm kind of casually looking from the outside. I do have, I mentioned to you, I, I have a corporate gig, um, but it was just really through a, a friend kind of situation um, next month. But I'm curious of what the speaking world is like today for those of us who maybe aren't in it full time, but hey, we've done it in the past and maybe we'd open be open today. But, you know, obviously 
past couple of years have been a little topsy-turvy. Yeah, that's a great question. And one thing I would love to do, Josh, is kind of debunk a myth right now. A lot of people feel like with COVID that the speaking industry just died. And the truth be told, yeah, there was about a three or four month time period there where a lot of stuff got canceled. It was either postponed to a later date, and there's still some calendar refiguring with some of the larger events that attract an international crowd based on you know people coming into the country with COVID requirements coming and going from other countries. However, in 2020, you know, we pull leads for call for speakers every single day and we send those out to our clients every week. There was absolutely no hiccup in that. None. Because what a lot of people don't realize is, especially with the larger events, they're being planned out so far in advance. Like, for example, everything that's coming in right now is either for the end of this year or for the beginning part of 2023. So they're planned so far in advance, they have to align their educational content first. And it's the same thing with the college market and private sector for private training opportunities. Typically, it's a three-month turnaround time. You're not going to find a lot of companies that are like, hey, we need to bring somebody in here next week. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's rare. So usually like a three to six-month time period. Um, there has been a huge advent of virtual presentations, absolutely. And has that affected pay scale? Yes. So that is one thing that has uh, been affected immensely is the pay scale, which the pay scale has been affected every single year because there's a multitude of people coming into the speaking industry to use speaking as a paid marketing tool or, or unpaid marketing tool to get in front of their ideal audience. Um, for example, there are we're seeing a rise now in some of these conventions that are actually charging if you want to take the stage. And what's interesting wow. about this model is, yeah, there's what's happening is they're putting out a call for speaker form, you know, or RFP, as they like to call it, um, or a call for speaker form and having, you know, people fill it out. But they are disclosing, look, we are still doing a vetting process for this keynote or for this workshop. But if you get selected, it's with the the understanding that this is a paid speaking spot. So I came across one a few weeks ago. It was a $40,000 keynote opportunity. And it was for a huge tech show that used to pay their speakers. But here, we're seriously, it's it's almost like, and it, it's, it is comical in a way, but in another way, it's a little bit like, okay, this is something I want to watch out for because what's happening is a lot of their exhibitors at these shows, you know, they're paying 20, 30 grand to exhibit, you know, have real estate at the show and, and have a really good presentation on the showroom floor. So for them to switch it and say, Hey, I really want to speak because in, in years past, they're saying, okay, if you're an exhibitor, we don't want you speaking because they know it's going to turn into an avatorial yeah. you know, for the actual people in the audience. So, it's a model that could work as long as the meeting planners are sticking to, hey, we're going to vet you and make sure that this is educational content. Mm -hmm. And yes, we're going to give you, um, you know, some things in return for that, uh, for that 40 grand that you pay. So there are companies out there who are like, hey, we've got someone who can do this presentation. Let's submit Bob. Bob would be great, um, you know, as a presenter. And if Bob gets it, we'll pay the $40,000 fee. So there are a lot of them. There's kind of a rise coming with that. Not not to the point where I would say, hey, this is really concerning, but it is something that we're watching. So that has been a big change. 
Um, and as far as pay scale is concerned, I mean, we've seen, you know, for keynotes, you know, where it used to be like that five to $10,000 range, uh, plus travel, we're seeing a drop in that where it's something like four to six, and they'll cover expenses and travel, um, workshop breakout sessions. And again, this is at the bigger shows, uh, association trade organization shows there. I've seen as low as 500. I've seen as high as 4,000, and then they usually cover travel. So it really just kind of depends. So what I do with my own clients and myself personally is you always have to have something that if even if you were speaking for free, how you can make money off that event. Yeah. You know, whether that's doing a giveaway to collect contact information or perhaps getting an actual uh, you know, call for uh, not call for speakers, but the actual uh, list of attendees, which is very hard to get, but usually nine times out of 10, they'll let you do a giveaway or sell your book from the back of the room. You have to get a little creative. Um, I personally, for you know my speaking business, it has been affected, but mostly because I am working with a lot of speakers and my time has been devoted to that. Um, but this year is completely different. I have up to, I think, 58 engagements, both in person and virtual. So there's work out there. Um, it's just a matter of are you going to do the work to apply and, you know, and follow up and, and you know, get yourself closed. That's yeah. the biggest thing. Well, I'm so I'm curious, um, you know, what are um, maybe so if someone's like, well, look, I I'm used to speaking and someone paying me my typical rate is eight to twelve thousand dollars. Uh, shows aren't really paying that right now. They're, you know, they maybe they've, um, you know, maybe they pay a small amount or maybe it's like, no, 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 we're not going to pay you at all, but we'll give you the stage if you qualify or you got, or again, like the model you shared, it's like where it's pay to play, which yeah. is, um, you know, you see that a lot. My background is in media placement and you see a lot of like, pay to pay, pay to play. Uh, there are infinite uh, opportunities out there for pay to play. Um, mm -hmm. I've never done that myself. Um, I haven't either. Yeah, because yeah, um, there's historically been enough organic out there uh, opportunities where it's not really necessary. But for someone who has not monetized themselves before, is that something that you advise on or do you kind of like, mm, I don't really help you with that? Well, if people, the pay to play model, I actually am against. I yeah. have had some speakers I, who have I can. done that. You know, they've done that in the past. You know, we had one who did a, which they didn't do it through us. It was something they they found on their own. There was a multitude. It was like a city tour. And I think mm. they paid seven or eight grand for it. And I said, my advice would be don't do it. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm like that. I'm like, I prefer you see, you know, fill out some of these call for speaker forms, do some of these events that may be free, but you're getting in front of your ideal audience. Yeah. That Going back to the example you gave, you know, yeah, if you're charging eight to twelve thousand, like my personal, my private training rate is, you know, full day is ten grand. That's yeah. for me to come in person, ten grand. If you want me to do it virtually, I deduct my travel. That's the only mm -hmm. difference because I'm still bringing my A game. <laughs> if this yeah. is on Zoom or you know, regardless, so um, that's more for private training. The private training hasn't really been affected that much because if somebody has a problem, a company has a problem, you can come in and solve it. Great. You know, um, you know, as long as you're not charging some kind of outrageous amount uh, to come and fix their problem, then more than likely you're going to get that. The reason I always tell everybody you should do a combination of both is because in the association trade organization market, you can get in front of that, those people who can pay you that eight to ten thousand or eight to twenty 
are in the audience. So mm. if you go and speak, like, for example, the wastewater industry puts out a show. It's called The Wet Show. They do it every year in Indianapolis. 30,000 businesses go to that show. Less than 300 are women. I've spoken the past four years. I, I wasn't able to go this year. I didn't get my submission in on time. But I always go. I get paid $700 for that. It barely covers my travel. Why do I yeah. continue to go? Because I have people who come up to me afterwards and say, do you do private training? You know, let's talk. I normally get, you know, I probably made about 60 grand off of that one show. Sure from private training. But if I am not there, Josh, and presenting and showing them I'm an expert and I'm a recognized industry expert because I was selected by an association they belong to, that's half the battle right there. Mm. And then of course, you know, there's things you can do as well to ensure that the audience is going to engage with you afterwards. And I can share some of those tips as well, if you'd like, but logistically you need to be in front of them. I mean, I, one of my clients that I got from there, they came up to me afterwards and it was the VP of operations um, or vice president of the company, whatever it was, or COO, he was pretty high up there. And he said, you know, do you do private training? I said, yes, I do. I said, why don't you give me your card? I know you have another class to run to. I will give you a call. So I, I stuck to my word. And of course, when the conference was over, I'm having a conversation with him. Now, granted, this was just before COVID hit. Um, I was actually going to go on a plane and fly to Texas to train uh, their staff and they grounded all air travel. So we just turned it into a virtual presentation, you know, over a four, you know, one hour per day over that you know, week. So it worked out even better because, you know, I didn't have to travel and I got mm. to still train them and do all the things that I, I like to do. And they got value from it as well. And it wasn't just, hey, Carrie's here for the half day, you know, or full day or whatever. Um, I got to break it up where they saw me, you know, that whole week for, a, you know, a small amount of time. So it worked out very, very well. So you have to get a little creative with your offerings. That's that's a big thing. That, But that model, to answer your question, that model of going and speaking and getting a huge, uh, you know, fee for being there for an hour and leaving and not, you know, that those days are gone. Um, wow. There are more speakers now than there are paid engagements. It's mm. been that way for many years, of yeah. course, but logistically, there's competition out there now. And normally when people are looking for a, a, you know, a trainer to come in to work with their team or, you know, hey, we're doing an annual company convention and I need a keynote, they're shopping around. And if you think price is not going to affect what they're they're doing, they still have a budget. They may be a multi-million dollar company. But they're still going to have a budget that they have to be in. But mm. you also have to be the right fit for them as well. Yeah. Um, what about um, how many events have you seen today still um, for speakers that are willing or able, like technically, they've got a great virtual setup, like they're very proficient at whatever the streaming platform is. If they're being brought in through Zoom, they're very nimble, they're very proficient at it. Um, um, why is that something that those those skill sets, would that be pretty important today? It, I mean, it is to an extent. I will tell you a lot of events now are doing something called hybrid, meaning yeah. you're go if you get selected to speak, they're expecting you to be there in person and to do like maybe a 10 or 15 TEDx style talk or presentation on Zoom, which usually they will coordinate. Um, you know, but as far as like, do you have to have studio quality video camera? I mean, as long as they can see you and it's a good clear picture, they can hear you. There's no, uh, you know, you need to have good internet, obviously, but no interruption uh, with that. I mean, you know, clearly if you can do more and, you know, have, you know, 
again, like a studio background or whatever, fine. But is it a deal breaker? No. What is a deal breaker is, you know, and I see this all the time because I'm part of like our meet the meeting planner calls. And I usually, I, I bring the meeting planner into the Zoom room along with the speaker. And it's like, okay, you got six minutes, you know, tell them how you, you know, change the audience's lives, you know, and give some time for them to ask you questions. So nine times out of 10 where people really struggle is trying to solve the problem that the meeting planner may be having or what they're trying to solve. So that is really the biggest thing, um, you know, being easy to work with. I find mm. it's the things that we learned in kindergarten, honestly, Josh, are the things <laughs> that people pull themselves out of the running very quickly. Um, it's everything, but, you know, don't eat, pat, you know, don't eat the paste, um, but, you know, being easy to work with returning phone calls. And it seems crazy that I would even have to say that. Wow. Um, but I have seen people miss keynote. I, I've had this happen three times last year. Keynote opportunities, high paying. They, they selected someone. Hey, I'm trying to get a hold of this, you know, th this one speaker that was on the call that we want them to come and speak. We can't get them on the phone. They're not returning emails. Can you try to call them? And I'm. I'm livid at that point because I'm thinking, Oh yeah, no kidding. Yeah. It's yeah, it's amazing happened. how often that happened. I mean, not just among speakers, like agency owners, consultants, coaches, oh, yeah. B2B service course. providers, yeah. high ticket people. It's I, I mean, if you're not managing, I mean that <laughs> that that is yeah. just such low-hanging fruit in just being better organized from a you know, customer service CRM standpoint, you know, what kind of CRM are you running, you know, your, your work through a relationship management, uh, you know, how are you managing that? You know, if you're talking with multiple organizations, you know, what is your follow-up like, like if they're, um, and, and, and is that a part of it? Like, let's say that you okay. put in an, a speaker application, what's a professional way of following up without being in You know, you don't want to be too naggy. I don't know. Maybe well, you do. What I tell everybody with the call for speaker forums, I say take that attitude of the guy who does the rotisserie oven, the set it and forget it guy, fill it out and forget it. Now, when they reach back out to you to say, hey, you filled out a forum on, you know, to, for the, to speak at whatever show, mm. let's have a conversation or let's at that point, you need to start following up on those. Now, if you meet a meeting planner in person or you call a meeting planner, which hopefully everybody who's listening to this is doing, if you want to be a speaker, you need to pick up that phone. If you call and you have a good conversation, they're like, yeah, send me your information on whatever topic it is. And what you need to be doing with follow-up is setting up the next step. That is your job as the speaker. It's your job to set up that next step. So for me, for example, when I send something over, I'm like, great, I'm going to send that over to you this afternoon. Is it okay if I give you a call on Friday just to make sure that you got the email and just to see if you have any additional questions? Would that be okay? They're either going to say, yeah, that's fine. Or they're going to say, no, call me on Monday or wait, you know, wait another week or two. But if they tell me to wait, fine. And then I make a note on my account or my, I actually do everything pen and pencil, you know, I'm an old fashioned gal, um, mm -hmm. but I write everything down. So I am going to make sure that I call that person on Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever. If I do not get a hold of them, I leave one message. And if they do not call me back, I wait another week and I will call again, but I don't leave a message. Yeah. I just will call periodically till I get them on the phone. And everyone makes the assumption they're like, oh, well, they're not interested in hiring me. Couldn't be further from the truth. You know, I can tell you just from being a meeting planner, we look at educational content when it's on our agenda to do that. So we don't go by your agenda. We go by our own. Yeah. Um, so you have to realize that it's you got to put your ego to the side and go, OK, if that's what they're wanting me to do, that's what I will do. 
But I would say how you're not going to be annoying to a meeting planner is by setting up the next step, get their approval from that. Um, don't just be like, okay, I'll send that over. You know, let me know if you have any questions. That's the worst thing you can do because the chance, you know, they may, if they're interested, they could probably potentially call you, but it could be a couple of months. You know, um, it's not that they are not interested. It's usually yep, because just busy. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize, too, with a meeting planner, most meeting planners, unless it is a paid full time job for them, you know, I'll use SHRM for an example, or American Payroll Association or the American Medical Association, those associations, state and local, the educational director, president, vice president, treasurer, that's all a volunteer position. They may have it for one year and then another member takes over, but they have a full time job. Okay, whatever they're doing for a living, they have a family, they have their own private life, and then they're volunteering to do this. So it's low on the totem pole for them uh, in order of importance. So you need to keep that in mind. You know, they're going to get back to you when they are ready to do so. But you can kind of alleviate some of that pain for them and for you by setting up the next step. Yeah. Um, so this is fantastic. Your website is bookspeakrepeat.com, Carrie. When folks go there, what would be a great way for them to begin their engagement with you? We have on the front page and also on a few other pages, um, if you're interested in having a conversation with us, there's a form that you fill out and it's a very quick, easy form. Once you fill it out, it redirects you to my calendar where you can pick a time. I'm always happy to talk to people, whether you're at the beginning basis or a you know an established speaker, um, regardless. And even if we can't help you, I at least want to try to give you some ideas and tips and suggestions of things you could do on your own, at least in the interim. Yeah. Yeah. So again, that's it. Bookspeakrepeat.com. Um, some great content. Uh, you uh, also, you have a podcast, is that right? Or We do. We interview our members on the podcast and mm -hmm. we send that out to all of our meeting planners on our, our database list once a mm -hmm. month. So they can kind of hear our speakers in sort of a different light. That's awesome. All right. Carrie Heaps, again, stay warm here in Central Florida. <laughs> You oh, we're just teasing you Canadians, <laughs> you <laughs> folks from the Midwest. So Carrie, thank you so much for joining us. It's been fun. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free, no credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and reshare re you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. And we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. 
We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.